y'all. Welcome to Two Babes in a Book with Liz and Rach. Thanks for joining us. Today's book banter is on what we have been reading lately. We're switching it up a little bit, mm-hmm. giving us some time to read. Um, our next episode is on a duology. So we want to finish both those books. So we thought in the meantime, we would fill you guys in on our other reads that have been happening. Um, and so that duology is the Wrath and the Dawn um, series. And so the first one is the Wrath and the Dawn and it's by Renee Adia. Adia? Adia? I don't know. A D I E H. And then her second book is The Rose and the Dagger. Yeah. Um, So we're excited about that. That's going well. And we are liking the romance storyline for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it's a young adult book. Yes. Yeah. Um, So be sure to leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. We would really appreciate that. And feel free to follow us on our Instagram account at Two Babes and a Book. Yay! Well, what? All right. Do you want to get us started, Liz? We each have three books we're going to talk about that we've Ooh. read separately. So, yeah. yeah Independent so. reading. From I know. The two babes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a treat. This is kind of fun. Yeah. Thanks for letting me go first, friend. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to go from most recent read to. Wait, I'm no, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying I've that's actually recent- what I was doing okay, for some cool. reason. I went like opposite. I did or yeah, I did the most recent read to like the what I did like a couple, a couple months ago. ago. Yeah, or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I did. So I just recently finished Lilac Girls by Martha Hall Kelly. Okay. Tell and us about she that also one. has kind of a prequel out to this book. It's called Lost Roses. Anyways, I can talk more about what the prequel is in a minute, but, um, this is the first book I've read by this author. And this is the first one that she's published actually. And she's a New York times bestseller. It's a world war II historical fiction. Of course. You love love the historical fiction. Yeah. Liz loves the historical fiction. And I'm so proud of myself. Well, it did take me quite a few months to finish this book. (laughs) Did you get it for Christmas? I got it for... Was it your birthday? birthday? Yeah. I think it was for my birthday or was it for Christmas? I can't remember. I so it took it me a while holiday. to actually get to it. Um, it's over 500 pages. Oh, wow. And I, and I read it. I didn't listen to any. I'm like, look at this. Look how big it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of myself, but it did take me a while because I would, I kind of paused. I would start it and then, you know, read our podcast books and things like that. But um, so World War Three, uh, no, sorry. World War II. Ooh, oh my gosh. Impending war. <laughs> no, we are not planning on reading any World War III books in our lifetime, right? Right. <laughs> so anyways, it's um it's on three perspectives. So three women, um, which is always fun to switch back from those perspectives. The um this book is based on the real life story of a socialite, a New York socialite named Caroline. Faraday. And she ends up helping a group of Polish women nicknamed the rabbits that were prisoners in Ravensbrück or Ravensbrück. Have you heard of Ravensbrück? Yeah. That's one of the the Holocaust concentration camps, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a concentration camp specific for women. Okay. um, During world war II, like a Nazi concentration camp. And so um, anyways, they did experiments on about 74 to 80 women. And most of them were Polish descent and they like did purposeful infections. So they like injected the women with all sorts of horrible diseases and infected their legs. And then they 
or they like cut open their legs and put in the sulfonide or something chemical to see if it would heal. Oh my goodness. Because it all stems from this one guy that was over this concentration camp. He got in an argument with Hitler about like whether or not this would work. Cause I guess Hitler's good friend, or was it Hitler got really hurt and, and okay. So maybe it was Hitler's good friend or an officer. He ended up dying and he, Hitler wanted to know if there was a way that he could have been cured. And, um, anyways, wow. I don't know if it, so this guy was like, we'll do these experiments to see if we can figure out, you know, um, or I, so I think the guy did the surgery on Hitler's friend and it failed. And so Hitler was really upset, like oh. he this work and it didn't work. And the guy's like, well, I'm going to prove to you that it works. So he like took advantage of all these prisoners. Oh man. And did all these tests and, you know, trials and horrible surgeries. And they like the morphine was a minimum, like it was horrible. Anyways, they go into detail about how horrific it was anyway. So a lot of women died, but wow. there was a big group of them that survived. But like, obviously after the surgery, they like hobbled around the camp or like hopping around. So they got nicknamed the rabbits. Oh, gotcha. And, yeah. So later in the book, she, um, she like, runs this consulate for France, this communication with France and helping orphanages. And she's helping. And there's a love story in this book as well. But anyway, so she ends up helping this group of women in the book. And the other perspective is one of those women, Cassia. And, um, so she suffered through that surgery and she, um, had like, so later, you know, their lives kind of connect and she, obviously is one of the women that is helped by Caroline, the socialite. And they have a, they don't really mesh, get along very well. Cause mm-hmm. the socialite actually clicks really well with the Polish girl's sister, Cass- uh-huh. Cassia's sister. Anyway. Okay. So Cassia is like bitter and a lot of hatred. She has a hard time like with relationships after the war. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, obviously people are mental health is a big part of this book, but, um, the way this, how this book got its title was, um, Caroline was talking to Cassia and basically in so many words saying like, you have to let go of the hate or you've got to just move on. Like, so she was out in her garden and they were talking and, um, Cassia was just saying the lilacs are so beautiful. And, um, the socialite girl, Caroline says, but it's fitting in a way, or she was talking, referring to the lilacs, but it's fitting in a way father loved the fact that a lilac blooms only after a harsh winter. Oh, so, I kind of got goosebumps like, right there. Yes, like oh. the symbolism of like, you can become whole, you know, you just have to move on and let go of some of that hate and just try to bloom even after you went through such a horrific trial and oh everything. Wow. So that's kind of, that journey is there. And the third perspective was, um, a female doctor at Ravensbrook and her, she's, she's, a, um, I don't know about Cassia. I forgot to Google her, but obviously the socialite is a real person. This this whole story is based on her, Herda, um, over Oberhauser. I Googled her. She's an, I was just curious. Like I knew there was probably a female doctor, but I didn't know if that was a fictional name. She was a real doctor, female doctor, um, at Ravensbrook. And she was the one that did most of the surgeries. Wow. So she was part of this. It was interesting hearing her perspective. Um, was she like, a good person <laughs> or that, that's like, why she- I, okay. That's what I thought. 
And I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler, but there's three women on the cover. So you just automatically think it's the three narrators, right? Uh But it's not. Oh, okay. That was kind of confusing to me. Yeah. So she is not a good character, but she had some interesting... I mean, it's just interesting to like hear that perspective, like in uh, Ruta Sepetis, or I'm not sure how to say her name, but um, she wrote, wrote the book Salt to Sea. Do you remember mm-hmm. how, have, do you remember me talking about that book? Mm-hmm. Anyways, one of her perspectives was a Nazi um, military member. Anyways, okay. and so I, her perspective reminded me of his where he just never really had, he never really redeemed himself. Like it was just kind of, maybe it's just a representation of how racist they were and how brainwashed and you kind of see how when she first got to the concentration camp to work there you could see that she was disturbed initially and didn't like it but she just kind of like plugged through and then they just become desensitized and they use their you know their biases and their racism to just justify it in their head like it's just interesting how the war really affected people's ethics. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I just still, it's hard to fathom how they could do that to any human being. Yeah. Anyways. So she was the third perspective and she got sentenced to 20 years in prison for war crimes because they found out about this horrible surgery that they did. And there were several people that were a part of that, that actually got hung. They got executed, but her and another doctor just got like well, one doctor got life in prison, but she got 20 years, but she got out after five years because of good behavior. <gasps> she only got five years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then like five years later or something, she started her own practice, <gasps> but then, um, um, as a rabbit, like a, a girl that was, you know, in the camp that had the surgery done by this doctor, she recognized the doctor and like reported and told people and they were able to shut down her practice and take her license away. Good. Seriously. So, you do not want her. Oh, my husband is a yucky, doctor. Right. And just it, like you you make what's the hip. That's totally against the Hippocratic oath, right? Like you're supposed to protect people's lives. You're not supposed to destroy people's lives. Like that's yeah. what she was doing. Oh and man. She was like, just trying to justify it to the end. And mm-hmm. it's just part of politics that she got released too. I'm sure. And I don't know if the fact that she was a woman or she smooth talked someone, I have no idea, but anyways, the book obviously is long, but it was powerful. And I enjoyed learning about this part of history. Um, but I did give it a three out of five. Okay. Cause I just, you know, like the, the nightingale, I know you haven't read it, but Kristen Hannah books are like so heart wrenching and raw and real. Right. And mm-hmm. you, most of the time you're crying and at least a couple parts of her book and they're just really sad and powerful, but like the ending for Kristen Hannah books are like fulfilling for me. Like mm-hmm. they just, they just kind of bring it all back. And the ending just helps me. Like I didn't have that with this book. Mm-hmm. Like it was a really good book. There were really good parts, but it just felt a little disjointed. And I just didn't get that emotional effect that I did with um, the nightingale. Gotcha. So that's why I gave it a three out of five. Like it was a good book and there are lots of good things in it, but even the romance storyline with Caroline, like didn't, it didn't do much for me. And they actually Blah 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 blah. Never mind. I don't know if we're doing spoilers. Um, <laughs> Rewind. So, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I get a little carried away there. Um, so my one word is heavy for this book because uh, okay. 
like, you know, me, I like world war two books and I, I like the emotional and I, I like the sad books for the most part, but like this was just heavy and a little graphic. Cause they really, they talk about specifics of what happened to women in the Ugh. concentration camps. And it, it sounds really, like, like the more you describe the this, you're like, <laughs> ew, yucky. I'm like, this is not a book that I would ever be interested in reading. <laughs> I go for like super like, well, light. actually, it, yeah, yeah, overall light books. You have actually given me courage to like explore the deeper, more emotional books. And so it's actually been really good for me doing this podcast with you. But this book, especially if you describe it as heavy and you didn't feel like it, you know, there was a good ending to it. I, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, don't, I don't think I'll read it. But like, for those of you right. who like, like to cry and like the World War II aspect and to learn about that and the Holocaust and everything, this sounds like a really good book for them, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, I think so. I mean, I would recommend it if you really love these type of books, like mm-hmm. World War II historical fiction. But I didn't think it was as good as um, a couple of the others that I've read so far. But gotcha. Okay. It was definitely interesting. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry. I went on so long, but that's the book that I'll talk no, the longest about. That that's was my... really interesting actually, because <laughs> I didn't know anything about like, I'd heard of people getting um, experimented on in concentration yes. camps, but I didn't know about the rabbits or like anything like that. So, or them being called the rabbits, you know? So uh-huh. yeah, no, that was really interesting. Well, my book that I'm starting out with is much lighter. It is <laughs> change of pace. <laughs> yes. It is Anne of Avonlea by Ellen Montgomery. <laughs> like how different can we get here on this podcast? This is good. We're giving y'all variety. <laughs> Let's switch gears and yes. talk about Anne. <laughs> so this is the second in the series. And I had read when I was, I think in fifth grade, I remember reading, it must've been Anne of the, uh, Anne of the Islands because that's when she goes to college. Um, or yeah, she continues on in her education. Is that the so. third one? Yes. So okay. I just started reading the third one just like recently, just, I'm just okay. like a chapter in, but, um, as Liz knows, I'm really good at forgetting things. Like <laughs> it's, it's brand spanking new for me. Granted, you know, I'm 35 and I was like, what, 10 when I read that. So, you know, I got, gotta give me some credit, but I have had five kids. Yes. <laughs> They've sucked all the brain power from me, but uh, it's just a talent I have. So anyways, it was really good um, for people who have watched the 1985, uh, the, the mini you know, that has the very handsome Gilbert that we all had a crush on growing up. Right. Oh, Gilbert. Um, <laughs> yes. Gilbert. Um, so Anne of Avonlea is completely different. <laughs> like, so in the mini series, she goes and teaches at a girl's school, right? Doesn't she do that? In the, I, don't know. the I meant to watch the movie before this episode, but I didn't oh, get gotcha. a chance to because I got remember I got like the whole set of movies for Christmas last <gasps> yes, year. Yes, yes. But I've uh-huh. only watched the first one. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Well, I'm pretty sure. So I'm pretty sure Anne of Avonlea is when she goes to teach at this all girls school. And I want to say it's in Queensport or something. Um, but in Anne of Avonlea, the book, she stays behind because Marilla has really bad eyes and so she stays behind to help marilla she plans on going on further to college but decides i'm going to stay behind so she gets the position in the avonlea school where she went and she gets to teach at that school because didn't gilbert give up that position for her i thought that happened in the movie that didn't happen oh it did 
That, she I mean, didn't at least teach that there. Part did. They never showed it though. It showed her oh. teaching somewhere else. And because I think that's how the first movie ended. I think that's why yes. I'm thinking that because he was oh, so selfless. Gilbert. I know. We love him. I know. I he love Gilbert. knew that, she, that, you know, Merla was having health issues and he was like, you should take my position. I'll go yes. wherever he went. Oh and my he gosh. went to, so he taught at White Sands, at least in the okay. book, he was at White Sands. So like they would see each other on the weekends. Um, in Adam Avonlea in the book. So, but I'm pretty sure that mini series, the, the Anne of Avonlea one um, was when she was at the girls school, because there were all these things that happened to her in Anne of Avonlea, but they like put them all into her in the, in the, um, like at the girls school, like remember the part where she's like climbing out of the window and she falls through the top of the shed. Do you remember that in Anna Avonlea? I don't know if you remember that. I watched it a lot. It was one of the movies I could watch on Sundays. My parents were very strict. So I watched Anna Green Gables and Anna Anna (laughs) Avonlea a lot. So anyways, that was one of the parts. Well, that happened. I remember like with the cow pastures, like she let a cow out and got That part did happen. That was in the beginning of the book. So there was that, but there's like that, that grumpy neighbor. She develops a really awesome friendship with him. And like, you only see him as this grumpy guy. Is he not in the book? Uh, No, no, he is in the book. Like he is a pretty big character. Like she's his, he's her neighbor, but in the movie or the miniseries, like, He's just this grumpy guy, you know, they and never built a rapport. Or yeah, anything. they Aww. never do. So yeah. And like the part with her falling through the top of the, so in the book, it's the top of a chicken coop. And because she and Diana are trying to peer into someone's um, window to see if like they have a platter that they want. <laughs> so they're not going to steal it. They're just like, like, like they don't want to wait around for the person if they don't I love how you're laughing. Just thinking about it. It's so cute. You're like, oh, hold on. This part was so good. <laughs> This is so different from your book. Like how different can we get? <laughs> You're like depression, death, Holocaust. And I'm like, Adam Avonlea. <laughs> I love it though. I love it. It's good balance. Totally yes. like you and I. Yes, it's true. It's true. <laughs> so anyways, um, I really enjoyed the book. I actually gave it a five out of five. I loved it. I thought it was Did really you like good. it more than the first one. Um, I probably equal. I would say equal. Yeah. I really, really liked it. Um, they also Marilla and her end up, um, taking care of twins, um, that are like six years old. And I really loved them. Like Davy it's Davy and Dora and Davy was just really cute and a chatterbox. And like, he's just very mischievous <laughs> and they don't have him in the mini series. And there's this, there's this whole like side story with a woman named Lavender, um, in the book. Like, I feel like the mini series, I don't know. I feel like the miniseries, the first one, Anna Green Gables did a great job, but the second yes. one, they just went and did their own thing. And oh, I was just like, I think they were trying to keep it shorter. Maybe. Yeah. That might've been it. And just like shorten the number of characters or like limit the number of characters. Cause there were some really good characters there and like a yeah. really sweet love story that I won't like go into. It's not Anne, um, but it's someone else. And just like, like this would have been really good. Diana, to- uh, Hers actually. So yeah she does get engaged but it's like does not even really talk about like it's not her love story it's like very short it's someone else like someone totally different they've never met in the miniseries oh and they're not and yeah they're not in the miniseries yeah which i'm like that's kind of funny that that the book does not focus on diana very much but you know maybe it's because it's like and didn't really want to think about it too much because you know it was showing that they were growing up so maybe that's why i don't know but 
Maybe. Anyways. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, the one word that I picked for this would be tender. I just, I felt like I was just, you know, and actually funny. Like I was, I would listen to this on audio and I laughed out loud at several parts that were just like super cute. Um, just funny things that Davey would say. There's another character, a little boy named Paul, who was just like a bosom, um, what is bosom friend to Anne? Like Anne was his teacher and he didn't have a mother. Um, he was living with his grandma and his dad lived in America and, um, and it's actually pretty funny. Sorry. Talking about the, the race have a crush on, on Anne. Um, no, um, I think he kind of saw her as like a mother figure. He had a crush yeah. on a little girl in the, in the school, but it was kind of funny because he grew up his, his mom who had died was an American and Rachel Lind is always like, Oh, you never know what you're going to expect from those Yankees. Like <laughs> she's like, <laughs> they're like so biased against the Yankees, you know, like all those Yankees, you never know what they're going to do. <laughs> is it like Downton Abbey, the grandmother? Yes. It's kind of like that. She would talk smack about Americans, which was so funny because her son married an American. Right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That would be her (laughs) daughter-in-law. But Rachel Lind did did end up, I think, liking Paul. So she realized, okay, he's okay. You know, even if he was raised for a lot of the time in America. So it was funny. But um, here, I've got two quotes here. Um, This first quote, I just feel like I can really relate to because this is how I live my life. So this is Anne speaking. When I think something nice is going to happen, I seem to fly right up on the wings of anticipation. And then the first thing I realize, I drop down to earth with a thud. But really, Marilla, the flying part is glorious as long as it lasts. It's like soaring through a sunset. I think it almost pays for the thud. And that is Marilla, so Anne. That is it's so, so Anne. You. It's so me where I'm just like, life is wonderful. I can't wait. You know what? I just get so up in the clouds with my high up in the clouds with my expectations with something. And then it's crash and burn, you know, when I'm crying. Do you think Anne is a type seven like you on the Enneagram? I think Enneagram, I think she's a four, I think. Oh yeah. It's the romantic. Yeah. Uh So, but my mom is an Enneagram four. So I I have her blood in me and I was raised by an Enneagram four. So I think that's probably why that's probably my part. You have some of that. Yeah. (laughs) And the whole, the whole line of like, I fly up on the wings of anticipation. Yes. (laughs) That is me. I get so excited. So I love it. Yeah. And then the other uh, quote that, um, that I really liked because we're recording, this is November 13th. Um, November is usually such a disagreeable month as if the year had suddenly found out that she was growing old and could do nothing but weep and fret over it. This year is growing old gracefully, just like a stately old lady who knows she can be charming even with, I didn't I don't know what the no what you're leaving me. <laughs> I copied and pasted even with yeah, no, you're leaving us all hanging with the quote Rachel <laughs> even with something I don't know but just like a stately old lady so I liked that um sorry guys we'll have to to look up that quote another time okay so the next book that I have finished recently and I listened to this one all on audio was uh, a road back to you by Ian Morgan Crone, or I don't know how to say his last name and Suzanne stable stable. And we've posted about this before. Rachel's read this one and she's posted on our Instagram account about this book, but I finally read it. It's a Yay! book about the <laughs> Yeah. It's a book about the Enneagrams or the Enneagram system. Um, and 
Yeah. So I really loved it. I listened to it, but I all, I recommend reading it because it was really nice to go back and reference some of it, you know, and that's harder to do when you listen to it on, on audio. Um, but I also received the E book as well for my library. So that was nice to go back and reference. Cause you know, you can like, I haven't figured this out. You it's hard for me to figure out how to look up the table of contents for the audiobook. Is it not available? Um, depends on what device you were listening on or like, okay. was it on uh, Hoopla or Libby or it was Libby. It was Libby. And I Libby quickly... is not as good. I feel well, it depends. Cause I remember I listened on Libby for when we did the, um, uh, the Island of sea women. Okay. And, um, I could find the table of contents on that, but it probably just depends on the book right. that was uploaded to Libby. So maybe that's why, cause some okay. of them don't have it. Yeah. And that's the tricky thing about audiobooks is like, if you want to reference something, like they yeah. tell you what chapters as you scroll to look, but you don't know. Yeah. I want to learn about type eights, like which chapter was that again? So oh, it was yeah. really helpful to have the ebook, or it would have been nice to have a copy of the actual book, but my library didn't have it. So I gave this a five out of five because, nice. and my word was intriguing. Ooh. And I, okay. We got to tell everyone what are our an- Enneagrams? I yes. Mine, what are our Enneagrams? <laughs> <laughs> say that five times fast. <laughs> um, mine's a type nine wing one. Wing one. Okay. Do you agree with the I wing? So. I just yeah. recently I've tried to figure out what wing I am. Cause for a long time I was like, what the heck are wings? Uh-huh. I didn't get it. Cause it's just not very clear. Well, I mean, you have to go digging for it. And yeah, I feel like the only the wings the, like when I read the book, I didn't really get what wings were, but since I followed Instagram accounts, that accounts that talk about Enneagrams and they delve into it. Yeah. They've said, okay, the wings are always like, they can only be side by side. So Enneagram nine, you could only have a wing of eight or one and yes. me and being a seven, I'm an Enneagram seven with wing six or wing eight. And mine is wing six. Okay. <laughs> I was going to guess ones. that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're a little more anxious, um, a little more, um, not reserved, but more careful. Cause a lot of Enneagram sevens, they're like super into like, so I'm into adventure socially, but not like I'm just thinking about your week, how you bought all this bulk food and you're like preparing in case anything crazy happens with like yes. supply and demand. I'm like, mm, there's her type six. There's her yes. wing six. <laughs> there's my wing six. I know an eight would be like, whatever, you know, but yeah, that's my wing six coming in. That's true. I didn't even think about that. That's I'm so like, I'm like right. giggling over here. Like, oh my gosh, of course you're a wing six. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yeah, a lot of wings are a lot of Enneagram sevens are super like, like when you think of someone like going bungee jumping or something like that's that would be a seven. That is not me. Like I am not adventurous, like physically, but like socially or like starting a podcast or, you know, or a trip stuff like that. that you're planning Yes, to see or my like best friends, something that, you know, you want to buy and you're going to get yes. you're excited about it. <laughs> Yes. Those type of things. Yes. I get married. Oh, yeah. That's true. I've never thought about that with you, but yeah. it's like, you're not like a huge risk taker. Right. And as that's... far as like physical stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so you don't have a big desire to go skydiving then? No. Not on your Heck bucket list. No. Same, <laughs> same here. <laughs> and I can totally see you being an Enneagram, like with the sec, the not secondary, sorry, with the wing one. Cause you are like a lot more of a perfectionist with certain things, um, on our podcast. 
than I am. Or like when we're doing Instagram stuff or I'll be sending Liz pictures and she's like, no, the lighting isn't good there or this. And I'm just like, oh, I get it. It's like, but it's good. That's why I'm sending you the pictures so you could tell me, but you're like more of a perfectionist with that stuff than I am. So that's your one oh, coming out. Yeah. So that's cool. The one comes out every once in a while, but it's uh-huh. so annoying. Cause I like, I have one tendencies, but my type nine, you know, the dominant type nine prevents right. me from being fulfilled in my type one tendencies. So it's like <laughs> this big conflict. Like I want uh-huh. my house to be and look like this, but it's not. And I don't know how to get it there. I don't know how to set it up to where it's like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> or like, where do I start? How? Yeah. Cause type nines are really bad at like initiating projects, getting started or they procrastinate mm. and they get distracted easily. So yeah, there's some difficult yeah. parts. Really nines yeah. get distracted easily. I didn't realize that. That's what the book said that. <laughs> oh my gosh. This was so That's funny. My He's husband. like a type nine without a to-do list is like a menace to society or something like that. Really? It was just, I can't, I should have looked up that quote to share because I'm just now, because that was one of my menace to society. That's so funny. Just like that there. And I'm like, that's so true because for the most part, I'm like, I can stay on task. I know what needs to get done, but I also have noticed if I don't make a list, I get like, I just do a bunch of things but then I don't know what I got done the whole day, but I was busy. And that's what he said about type nines in the book. He's like, type nines can be busy all day, but then they don't really have much to show for it. Like, what did you really do? Like, cause you'll do like a thousand little things or you just kind of, you get distracted and that's kind of like mom life, right? Like you have all these things to do and you go to put a trash liner in the trash can upstairs. And then you're like, Oh, look, my son's room's really messy. So then you start cleaning his room. Uh-huh. Really, we're supposed to be focusing on the kitchen. So the kitchen doesn't get cleaned because you're upstairs. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. That's funny. But I've noticed like how much lists really do help me, but I'm so bad about making the list. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's my type nine. Okay. What is your husband? Okay. So think? I made him take a test before recording this podcast. I can't believe uh-huh. it's taken me this long to force him to take a test because, okay, really quick. I went out of town for my grandma's funeral. So I was with all my brothers and I made all of them. Well, some of them really grumbled about it and drug their feet, but I have two brothers that are totally on on board with Enneagram Oh, nice! with the Enneagram. And they're like, it's a real thing. Yeah. My wife's this, I'm this. And they totally supported me, but the rest of them were like, this is a fake system. That's a fake test, blah, blah, blah. But I made all my brothers. I made them all take the test. I made my dad take it. And my mom did too. It was so funny. Um, Is your mom a two? So my mom's actually a type nine. (gasps) Oh, okay. I thought she was going to be a type two. Uh Um, I think two was like her next dominant one, but she was a type nine. So yeah, uh, my husband is type eight wing seven. Oh, I can see that. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's and I'm like, I had to think about it for a second with the eight. Cause even though he's my husband, we've been married for almost 13 years. I was kind of stumped with his Enneagram. I don't know why I, I like, I, well, and you, when you asked, I think you asked me on Marco Polo one time, like, what do you think Johnny is? And I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, I can't, like, I was trying to remember what you've guessed his Enneagram to be as well. And I guess we've never, cause we, yeah. we talked about the addressing your truth Carol yes the title mm-hmm. yeah but I don't think we've talked about the Enneagram for him yeah so after I thought about it for a while and he even like said a few statements tonight and I was like that's totally type eight 
response. <laughs> like it's interesting. Connected. And the eights are like, are they the ones that are like, let's get this done? Like, what what are they like? I'm trying to remember. Um, oh, they're like very blunt and they're leaders, yeah. they're assertive, yeah. they like to be in control. Mm-hmm. Um they have no problem just saying it like it is like, so here's an example. I was just venting, like, it's not a big deal, but I was on a texting thread with my sister-in-laws, sister-in-laws, sisters. And anyways, so they were talking about family pictures and one of my sister's-in-law, <laughs> she, <laughs> she apparently sent her family picture and several of my sisters were like, Oh, oh, you're right. He does look, his hair does look different or yeah, but Sayla's so cute. Look at her cheeks. And I was like, wait, I don't see a picture. And they like continue to talk about the picture and analyze it. And they continue with their conversation and nobody responded to me and it's totally fine. But I was like, uh, Johnny, I feel like I'm in a conversation with them and I am being completely ignored and I'm like feeling a little left out. And he's like, we'll just tell them like, Hey, is anyone going to show me the picture? Like, and I was like, that is totally a type eight thing to say. That's true. That and is like, not a nine thing. No. Yeah, no. And My I used to just nine. think Ugh. like, oh, it's because he's a man. He thinks so logically, which is partially true. But then it's a lot of times in though. conflict situations, you know, and type nines hate conflict and everything. I'll, I'll be venting or telling him about like a situation with someone. And he's like, just tell him this. And I'm like, no, that sounds so rude. Like how, how you <laughs> but Johnny that. would, your husband would like, but I've never thought of him as rude. He just I know, is like, that's the thing is he's not a assertive. very, he's not a super outspoken type eight. And maybe right. it's, and that confused me with his, um, Enneagram type, because I kind of was mm. wondering if he was like a type nine, cause he, do, he is pretty docile and he works well with others, but maybe, yeah. but I, I've maybe never he's worked with him professionally. Eight. Yes. Oh, that's true. That's you. you and I have seen him work in a group, like in grad school, um, or we went to college together and I had, I got, had the chance to like, see him kind of work in a group setting and uh-huh. he was, like almost kind of bossy with what oh. he wanted the group to do. And then so I that's where it came out bossy, more. like in the mm-hmm. home a little bit. And I'm like, Hey, Hey, let's, Whoa, hold on. Let's work <laughs> together. Anyways. So I definitely can see it like coming through. Um, but the type seven made total sense to me because so Rachel and I, so Rachel's husband and so, okay. So Rachel's personality, a lot of it is similar to my husband's personality. And then I'm a type nine and Rachel's husband is a type nine. Is this making yep. sense? So it's so <laughs> funny. Like when we tell stories about our spouses or blah, 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 I'm like, oh yeah, I can totally see that. Like Kirk's response is that that's how yeah. I feel about money too, or whatever. <laughs> so when I, when I'm confused, like I'll, I'll ask Liz, like, okay, like explain like his reasoning about this, you know, and this will totally be like, Oh yeah, yeah, I got it. And I'm just like, it's, it's really good. Cause you can give me like the perspective and explain it. And men just don't, I mean, Kirk's a talker with me, but he just like, doesn't think He's about so the go with the flow too. He's like, really oh, is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and in the book, it says like, if you're a type nine wing one, you're more introverted and you're oh. more passive aggressive. <laughs> that would also be my <laughs> He's not very passive aggressive in general, but like, yeah, I don't think he has a wing eight. I think he's a nine with a wing one. Yeah. I was just thinking like, I don't see a lot of eight in Kirk either. Mm -hmm. I feel like as I get older, I'm like more cranky. Like I'm more, I have more type eight tendencies as I get older, I feel like, Mm -hmm. but overall, like I read about the two wings and I'm like, oh, overall, I'm definitely a type one. I'd Mm -hmm. say like, yeah. 
just overall nature. But That's so yeah, I love the book because they talk about like strengths. Like he's really kind to each number. I remember like one Instagram post from this Enneagram account the type eights on the comments were so mad. Cause they're like, everybody just says bad things about type eights. Like they always get talked Aww. down on because they're like the rude ones or the, uh-huh. ones. but it's like the strengths aren't talked about enough, you know, but like, I liked the book. He, it had the same format for each personality type. And, yeah. um, he just talked about good things. He talked about like the deadly sin of each. Oh one. yeah. What is your deadly sin? I'm trying to remember. I think being passive aggressive is one of them. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember what was type sevens. <laughs> oh, lust. Lust was yours. Yours is type seven is lust. Oh, I, I thought but it was gluttony. Of, maybe no, that's type eight. That's type eight. You're right. You're okay. Right, you're right. Yeah. Type eight is lust, but not, not like the sexual kind, but he right. doesn't talk about, okay. You're right. Sorry. I got confused. Um, Okay, yeah, I could remember, That's right. But and Kirk has totally t- told me, like, oh man, our spouses know us so well. He's like, he's told me before, like, can't you just be happy with the way things are? Because I'm always like, I want more. You know, like, I just want more of everything. Like, because it's that excitement. Or yes, I just like, yeah, it's like an addiction for me. Like, I want more, and it's not gluttony of like necessarily just food or clothes or something like that, but it's like gluttony for experiences. And like, I just, I'm always looking for the next big, you know, next experience. And I'm actually having kind of like a midlife crisis because I am done having kids and we're done moving and we're done with residency and like, we're done with all these like big things. So I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And I was talking to my mom about it. She's like, you know, you still have five kids to raise, right? Like you've got stuff to do. And I'm like, no, I need something else. Yeah. And Jack is only six months. So it's so not even six months. He's five months. Like I'm just, this is my type seven. I've just like always wanting the next adventure, you know, and I've just got to like be happy with my adventure that like what I'm living right now and be happy, you know? So anyway, okay. Um, type nine's deadly sin is sloth. Oh yes. So and the sloth for nine, <laughs> the sloth for nines is not just with physical laziness or we, okay. So he says, we usually associate sloth with physical laziness. The sloth of nines, however, is spiritual in nature. Mm. Average nines are disconnected from the passion and motivational drive necessary to rise up and live their one wild and precious life. Immature nines don't fully connect to the fire in the belly. They need to chase after their God-given life. And as a result, fail to become their own person, but tapping into those fiery passions and instinctual drives would upset the inner peace and equilibrium the nine treasures above almost everything else so like we hold mm-hmm. back because we're like oh this is safe this is comfortable yeah well and you're you're the peacemakers like nines are this is why i married kurt because he is just so so steady and so like go with the flow and reliant yeah, and yeah he's constant just reliable yeah yeah he's very constant and that's why like you and I are friends, like I'm obviously drawn to nines, you know, and yeah. I think you and Kirk are drawn to people like me and Johnny, because mm-hmm. we're like the spirited, like, come on, let's go do this. You know? Yeah. So you like, you help us to like have more energy and like, yeah. Get and go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told Johnny that I was like, I get along really well with type sevens. Um, cause they just like, it brings like my type seven out, you know, cause right. like everybody has just a little bit of all the different types, but you just mainly have your dominant type that you are yeah. drawn to and everything, um, that you gravitate towards. But, but yeah, it's like when you hang out with certain people, you like, it just brings out that 
in you. And it's just a good balance too. Mm-hmm. So. And that's why we need all of them. I think one of my favorite parts about the um, Enneagram book about the, the, what is the book that you're talking about? The oh, road back to you road back to you um, where they talk. Um, I think it's at the very end of the book that he says that they're all godlike characteristics that God mm-hmm. has all the Enneagrams. He's like, and they talk and, and I can't remember, I don't know if you can find this Liz, but he talked about the parts of the, each, each number are parts of are parts of God, pieces of God and how, you know, and the perfect, you know, the perfect person that's all well-rounded would have all nine. Right. But we're human and flawed, but I, but he kind of emphasized the good things about each um, number um, in that quote, whatever it was, I can't remember, but I just thought that was really neat. Like, yeah, that's, that, that is what I envision, you know, in, in my mind about God, like he's a peacemaker, but he's also full of joy. He's also a perfectionist that was able to make the world like just all those different parts, you know? Mm. So it's so cool. I really, I'm glad you talked about this. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I did not realize this was like a Christian book until I started listening to it. Uh-huh. I loved how they tied in God and religion into this book. And the narrator yeah. was awesome. The narrator is one of the authors. I think he's a four. Isn't he an Enneagram yes, four? He's a four. Yes. And his wife is a nine. So it was cool <laughs> how he made it like personal, like each yeah. type he included a, a person in his life, you know, like mm-hmm. I think he has a seven a as a son. Like I think yeah. there's the the so you said his daughter was a nine. Is uh-huh. that what you said? Sorry, I interrupted you. Um, the seven that he talked about was there was like this, this um, formation in the grocery store. Oh, with yeah. and, and he, did he tell his son not to like knock it over or something? I what re- or he said like, be careful or stay away from that. And his son yeah. knocked over like the whole thing. He like ran over, like he didn't even accidentally just like, <laughs> and then he's like, it's okay, dad. Well, you know, we'll clean it up. <laughs> And he didn't he like he started doing this dance like after it knocked over and everybody was staring. The son just like started doing this little jig and everybody was laughing. Like so he you turn something bad into something like fun or funny. It's like a good memory. (laughs) Yep. And what was the story about the nine? I'm trying to remember. Do you well when he was talking about nines as children? He um I think he talked a lot about his daughter, just like how even though I think fours are the most empathetic. Mm, what okay. um, number but are the like Enneagram. the artists they're the deep feelers, yeah they, they you know? feel very deeply and um so and he's like a pastor or something in his church he's a church leader so okay. they often like they can be really good counselors and um church leaders and nine is kind of similar to that um they recognize others emotions they love to help they're the peacemakers but he talked about his daughter how she like had this ability to just find people that were struggling and she would gravitate towards them and just be like so kind or she'd like when she was really little she'd like climb up on their lap and snuggle them oh that's so and sweet. it reminded me of Emma my I, Emma I just had that thought yeah. I was like that's like your Emma <laughs> like she loves making people happy and if you're Aww. sad she will like draw you a picture or come and oh. give you a hug and, and say she has I love this, you like like these beautiful (laughs) doe eyes eyes. they're just like you just can't help but loving emma like but but to love it can't help loving her there we go you can't help loving her (laughs) yeah she is so sweet so it made me think of her like oh maybe she's a nine we'll see Mm -hmm. but i would not be surprised yeah and oh Oh, his wife is a nine too so he talked about her a lot when he was talking about you know nines as adults and just how she gets distracted easily Mm-hmm. Like she was supposed to, oh, and this was funny. His mom was coming into town and they were going to feed her dinner. So his wife went to the store to go get food for dinner. 
But on her way to the store, she saw a neighbor who needed some help. And then she played with the dog and talked to the neighbor and she has to help the neighbor out. Right. And then she like drove there and she remembered she saw Walgreens and she remembered she had this prescription that she needed to pick up. So there, and then she was like looking at those other items or whatever. (laughs) And then she finally gets, he's like, where are you? She's like, oh, I'm just getting to the store. Like, you know, I'm like the slowest shopper. Like I'm just really slow. And like you get sidetracked. You know, it's about making lists, like the list well, and making decisions, open. right? Like, isn't it hard? Cause oh, yeah, nines have a hard time making decisions. Yes. That is my husband. It's just like asking, it's like pulling teeth being like, can you, can you pick this out? Like just make a decision. He's like, whatever, whatever you want. Like, that's what he always says. I'm like, no, I don't want to make a decision right now. Oh, and I love it. The author said, yeah. So what, what helps us is I give her a choice of like two or three restaurants. And then she can pick one. It's a lot That's easier. Smart. Otherwise yes. she just goes with whatever I want. And it's like uh-huh. not always exactly what she wants. But if and I- you feel bad being married to the nine because like, <laughs> I don't want to like push him around. Like I want to know what he wants, but honestly, I think most of the time he really does not care. Like he's just like, I'm yeah. good with whatever, you know? And he like really <laughs> is good with yeah. whatever. And I'm like, no, tell me, tell me how you feel. <laughs> cause it's hard. Cause sometimes they're good with whatever, but then sometimes they, they don't want to say what they really want. Yes. They don't want to, like, if someone else wants this one thing, they don't want to be the person that dissuades them or like, you know, they don't want to cause, they don't want to disrupt the peace. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, they want to keep yeah. the inner and outer peace of everyone. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Oh my goodness. It was That's such so a good book. We could like do a yeah. whole episode talking about Enneagrams. Well, we, I actually did do, I forgot about this. <gasps> oh, <laughs> That's right. Did, what, did you do it by yourself or did you have a get Stephanie? Did you do it? With- I had Stephanie. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so you're like, actually, I do have a whole episode on Enneagrams, Liz. Wait, and what's funny is that. Reading with Rach. Reading, I know. I was reading with Rach and Stephanie is a nine. So, <gasps> so a lot of this is, this is like deja vu. Yes. I like did not even remember that until. Oh my. Oh, wow. That's funny. So if anyone wants to hear more about this, go way yeah, back. I do. I, I'll <laughs> tune into that. Do it. It's, it's just so fascinating. It really is. Talk about it. And it helps you understand other people. Like my brother, one of the ones that it's totally, that's totally on board with Enneagrams. He's like, yeah, actually it really helped me understand my wife more. Like a lot of things that she does. It's like, wow. Oh, that makes sense now. That's awesome. So it gives you more empathy and understanding for other people. Yeah. As well as yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're just putting people in a box, but you're understanding people more and you know, your weaknesses and strengths so that you can adapt and change. Anyways, yeah. it's just, when you know yourself better, like knowing it, your true self Yes, and that's God really wants helps. us to know and love our true selves. So, mm-hmm. it's really and, it, and I more. really, another thing I really liked about it was that it has like a spectrum of like unhealthy, you know, for, for you, for instance, it'd be unhealthy nines, healthy nines. And then wait. Isn't that, is it just unhealthy and healthy? I thought it was like, I think there were like three groups of like healthiness. <laughs> I don't think it was just a healthy or unhealthy, right? They, they did like the, not, um, every type's deadly sin. And that's okay. like that one word that we talked about. Oh, yeah. average, average, that's so what it healthy, was. average and unhealthy. Okay. So that's, that's nice. what it yeah. was. Yeah. Like a middle ground so, one. And, and I remember in the book, he talked about like, you can go through like 
different parts of the spectrum, like even throughout the day, <laughs> like, you know, it's, um, sometimes we, you know, if you're really tired in the middle of the day, you might go to the unhealthy side, or if you're just like average, you know, or sometimes you're feeling really good and you're like the really healthy, you know, part of your Enneagram. Yes. So. You can like dip even within the same, you know, day, especially yeah. as a female. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> You're like unhealthy, healthy, <laughs> average, all within like five minutes of each other. Oh, uh-huh. poor spouses. Yeah. I love this part. It just like whatever type really resonates with you. It's so easy to find what your type is. Cause you're just yeah. like, oh my gosh. Yes. I know. Yeah. Here he says average nines while they come off as sweet and easygoing are stubborn and out of touch with their anger. They, these nines overlook themselves. They generally feel unimportant. Anyways, it was the anger part because it's like, Mm. I would tell people like as a kid, I would like through massive tantrums. Like I was a terror when I was like a toddler and even four years old. And I have memories of tantruming and I I've talked to you about this, Rachel. Like, I feel like I have anger issues still, but like, if I tell anyone that they're like, I can't even like picture you yelling, like what you get mad. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I think nines are so good. Like they're so calm on the outside and like sweet, like their nature is so sweet and easygoing but it's like, there's also these like huge emotions that are under the surface too. Yes. Um, And I feel like, uh, my, our children has pushed Kirk to be more open about (laughs) things. He's like, tonight he's just like, I'm done. Go to bed, you know, like, and he's the most easygoing man ever, but but children like bring (laughs) you to that level (laughs) where you are like, wow, the ugly side of my personality is coming out. Uh I call it the mommy monster. I was like, mommy monster is coming out. So you better go to bed. Like, (laughs) I love you, but I don't want to see you until tomorrow. Exactly. (laughs) Stay in your room. (laughs) Oh, that's Um, awesome. Okay. Um, so did you have anything else? Cause I was going to move on to, yes, you can move on. Okay. We're good. Cool. So the other, one of the other books that I read, um, was the brutal telling, um, which is number five in the chief inspector among Gamash series by Louise Penny. And, um, this one, I'm not going to say much about it. I gave it a three out of five. Um, my one word was twisty. twisty. Like, there's just like lots of different twists and turns that I was like, and I, and I will say this, I put it on Instagram. I think I, I split this up. It took, it was like your, uh, Lilac girls book, right? Lilac, Lilac girls. Yes. Yeah. Um, like where it took me a long time to get through it right. and just because I was getting distracted and bringing other stuff. And I feel like for a mystery, it's kind of hard because you're like, okay, what? Like you have to keep remembering, like, wh- who is this character? What are they talking yes, about? I felt like that with them. And then there were none. Like oh, you kind of just yes. have to sit and read it within like a short period of time. Mm-hmm. to get all the connections and twists. Yeah. Twists. Cause otherwise, and that one had a ton of characters, but yeah, all the twists, the twisty twists, but this one, you know, I've really liked Louise Penny. She's a really good writer. She's fabulous. But this one, I just was not a huge fan of, I didn't really like where it went with it. And there was just like, I feel like there were too many tangents that I was like, why are we going all the way over here? Oh. Like it just didn't really, it just, meh. is this the first book of hers that you haven't really liked? Yeah. This is like the okay. first one that I didn't really like. Oh, so I wonder if the next one, but I'm worried because you know how I don't like really like sad stuff. Apparently the next one has like a really tragic thing that happens. I mean, there's a murder in everyone, but there's a tragic thing that happens, to, I think to Armand Gamash. I'm not sure. And so I'm like, I don't know if I want to read the sixth one. Like, I don't know if I have the courage. Is that the last book in the series? No, there's like 13. There's oh, wow. Bunch. Yeah. 
So they're really good, but, um, here's the quote that I have, um, another fall quote, the leaves had fallen from the trees and lay crisp and crackling beneath his feet. Picking one up, he marveled, not for the first time, at the perfection of nature, where leaves were most beautiful at the very end of their lives. So, I mean, oh, that's just a good that's example. Beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Like, she's a really good writer. I really do like her. So maybe I just need to. And is she still alive? And... Mm-hmm. I think okay. so. I was trying yeah. to think if she was like, you know, if it was similar to Agatha Christie in a way, yeah. like a really old writer. But okay, right, I have a feeling that she was more more modern than Agatha mm-hmm. Christie, but. I yeah. wonder if she'll be a classic like Agatha Christie because Maybe. she has so many books. It seems like she does. Yeah, she's really good. She's Canadian and uh, it's set in the small. All, all of it is set in. Uh, what is it called? Three Pines, right? Yeah, it's called Three Pines. That's the village. Um, and it's like a really small village that like you can't isn't even on the map. And so it's really like a quaint little village. Um, one of the books in the series that I've read so far was at a different place, um, but it still had characters from Three Pines. So, okay, um, yeah. So there's there's continuation, and I think for that reason you don't necessarily have to read them in order. But Does I think it helped. I, I mean, it probably I helps so. to know the characters. Yeah, I think so. So um, Is it similar but- to um, what's that book that we read? the really fun Christmas one and they have all the desserts in the title. Oh um, yes. The plum um, pudding murder mystery. Yes. Chocolate uh-huh. chip murder. Anyways. Yeah. It's all desserts. And I'm thinking those are probably more light and fluffy than. Oh yes. Much lighter. Penny. But is fluffier. it a similar way where it's like, it's like a new episode, I guess. Yes. Yeah, basically. So, cause you were actually the one that recommended the plum pudding. I'm hurting <laughs> the plum pudding mystery plum pudding murder oh, the plum pudding murder that's oh. what it was yeah you would recommend it that I actually did a podcast episode on that way back in yes the day, I remember so. that yes um what's funny is that I think I gave it a five out of five but now I'm like no I would not do that now like it was a cute book but I think I think now I would have been given like a three oh so, yeah like it was cute, but it wasn't like, oh, five out of five. It's amazing. You know? Um, oh, so it's do funny you know how- the author? It's going to bother me. But yeah, I, I, that's how I felt about that one. Cause that's the only book I've read of hers. It was just mm-hmm. like, it was fun. Yeah. It was, it was kind of a fun seasonal read, but it yeah. wasn't like, like, I really like the closure of relationships or, but it's like, you know, it's like a TV series, right? The episode. Yeah. And so I guess the relationship and the drama with certain characters, like it, there's no closing of the issues with them because it's just super gradual book to book um, where it's like right. a new mystery, every book mm-hmm. and they, they close up the mystery, but then the personal lives of like the detectives or whatever. Yeah. They keep going. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, that bothers me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't have that. I like it all wrapped up in a pretty mm-hmm. bow. We both do. in a pink bow. I like that. <laughs> All right. What's your other book that you wanted to talk about? Okay. This one will be fast. It's the guest list by Lucy Foley. Mm -hmm. Um, One word that I gave it was dramatic and it gave, I gave it a three out of five. Okay. This did not do it for me. I, it was entertaining, I guess. Cause you kind of, you want to, she does a great job with keeping you from having any clue with like who done it, you know, it's like Mm. a who done it. It's a, mystery and so all the characters are messed up 
and crazy. So really, like <laughs> any of the characters could have done the murder. Uh-huh. Uh, so that, she did a good job that way. And I wrote down, if you want to feel really good about your life, you can read this book. Um, <laughs> but there was like, you know, it's like watching those TV series. I mean, not necessarily like Gossip Girl, oh, but similar. I'm trying to think of a good example. But where it's just like everybody is so messed up. Everyone has such big issues and it's just all the drama going on uh-huh. it, it reminded me of watching like a really dramatic tv series i guess gotcha um, but there's it's it's really heavy on like the language and drinking and sexual content so like okay. that was a little bit of a turnoff for me it was just a little too much for me and it like just it it wasn't like really scary and creepy but it did have this overall like spooky feel so it was like a good mm. it's a good fall halloween read you read it in october right yeah so. i read it in october so it was like fun and interesting um and then it kind of had you going up until the end when you're like oh oh that's what happened oh and it okay. does the time different it does a time lapse or i don't know oh time jumps oh yes, flashbacks time okay jump. so mm-hmm. you kind of go back and forth to like the night of the wedding where like craziness went down versus like, you know, a day before and two days before leading up to oh, it. Okay. So That's go, cool. like, back and forth with the time period. Was that so confusing that, or was it? Um, I listened well to audio and it was pretty well done. Like, okay, I, cool. I didn't get confused. So, okay. but there are, oh yeah. And they, so they do the time period jump, but there's also a perspective of like three or four characters. I should have written mm-hmm. that down. So that was a tiny bit confusing because you're like keep trying, you have to get to know the characters and then they switch between their narratives. But gotcha. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was okay. I thought that I would love it a lot more. Mm-hmm. In fact, we were thinking about doing this for the podcast, yes. but we did a poll right on our uh, uh-huh. Instagram and we said, should we do, um, and then there were none or the guest list. And it was pretty much, oh, like- it was Addie LaRue. Should we oh, do the was guest Addie list LaRue. or oh, Addie okay. LaRue? And that's it was like, what it was. It was 75% Addie LaRue. And a lot of people voted for that one. Mm-hmm. Like about 200 people voted and most people said Addie LaRue. So we went with, we went with her, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I ended up reading the guest list because I wanted to check that out. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, nice. if, you, if you like mystery and a lot of drama, you'd probably really like this one. Okay. So. This might be a good one for my sister-in-law for Kirk's sister. Cause she likes the drama. So maybe I'll tell her oh. about it and uh, maybe she'll like it. You said it was on audio, right? So uh-huh. yeah, I still I listen to, to it through Libby. Okay. Through my library. Yeah. It's just, if there's cursing and stuff, maybe not around. Well, she has teenagers and preteens, but yeah. 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 Oh, know. does she like mysteries? Does she like, like she likes drama. Oh, drama. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Is it, if it's mostly on the drama, I don't know how she likes mysteries. I'll have to ask her. It's like both. Yeah. Drama, yeah. mystery, all sorts of that. All, all, a lot of those two things in this book. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. So she might like it. I just, cool. yeah. I don't know her tolerance level. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's got their own comfort level. No judgment here. So. Yep. Exactly. It's like, it's weird. Cause sometimes in books, like I don't mind it too much. And then, but other books I'm like, Oh, this is too much or getting annoying. So maybe it depends like how much I'm loving the plot and the pace. Too. Oh yeah. So there's all these factors. Well, right. And I know that like the cursing doesn't bother me nearly as much with, um, Leanne Moriarty because like her stuff, even though it's got mystery, it's a, like more lighthearted and a lot. Well, no, depends on the book. It depends on her book. Oh. Um, the, what was the one that I didn't I really didn't like? Oh, oh. uh, liars pretty little liars no that's the show um oh that's not the name of the book 
I don't oh, think I thought so. You read a book you didn't like by her. Yeah. It's like about liars though. What is that called? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Moriarty liars. Big little eyes. That's what it's called. Oh yeah. That's the one I didn't like. Did we read that together? I don't think so. I think we read the husband's secrets. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Um, in 2022, we're going to read another one. I don't know if I told you, but Rachel, I hope <laughs> <laughs> I've already oh, decided. Like, Rachel, by the way, this is on the schedule. That's um, right. I love her. I, I loved the, the Alice, what Alice forgot. Oh yes, me too. So good. I forgot that you read that one. I, yes. that's been my favorite one of her books. Like me the too. husband's secret was fun, but I was, um, hoping we could re read, um, nine, nine strangers i think yeah. it's a Hulu show it's yeah i'm actually interested in that one mini series okay good Whew. yes <laughs> i'm like You're by good. the way Rachel, <laughs> i know we good. talked about it but it's been so long and it was like really brief but yeah well we need to make a list because you're a list maker. You like the lists. I like so. the list, but I'm bad at making the list. But I will make, <laughs> I will make the list. Yeah, we we'll got to start together. planning the new year. It's very yes, exciting. I know. It's so exciting. Okay, so the last book um, that I've read recently was um, In Pursuit of the Painter. Oh, yeah. I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear about this one. This one was, this is the one I'll talk about the most because I really liked it. Wait, number three. So did you read the yes. first two? No, I did not. You just so, like dove into this. Yeah. Because I think they're stand on their own. Cause they, he mentioned another, another friend that I think was in another book, but very briefly, they're, they're very much standalone. They're actually done by diff- different authors. So this one was by Ashton oh, Newbold's. Interesting. Um, so I'll read you guys in pursuit of the painter. This is what it says on Goodreads. Cause I, I just, I really liked it. This is a sweet Regency romance. Do you so, think I would like it? I think you would I really just saw like the it. enemies to lovers that popped out of me. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Liz loves good enemies to lovers trope. This oh, was sure well done. Do. Yeah, it was really good. So if there's one thing Michael Cavender can't abide, it's vanity. As the son of an artist, he has seen a great deal of it from his father's clients. When Miss, Miss Patience Hansford, clearly fresh from London society, demands a portrait from Michael's ailing father, she offers payment that their family desperately needs. An apprentice in the trade, Michael paints a portrait in his place, in his father's place. When Patience's dis- dissatisfaction with the portrait brings her to do something unpardonable, Michael creates a new portrait, one portraying her for who she truly is, a monster. When its display in a London exhibit exhibition garners Michael's work fame and attention, Patience seeks her revenge, pursuing the painter who ruined her reputation. What she didn't expect, however, was to find about find much to like about Michael and much less to like about the person she has become. As oh. Michael and Patience struggle to find their places in society, games of revenge and betrayal continue from all sides, drawing them and unexpectedly closer. When it comes to falling in love with the enemy, will their hearts betray them too? <laughs> I know. So it was really good because it talked a lot about forgiveness. There was things with her sister. Um, she's, you know, she, there's another man that's pursuing her at one point. So it was, it was a very quick paced book. I felt like I read it really quickly. Um, it's actually, if you have Kindle unlimited, it's on there. All the, the whole series is on there. So oh, I got it for free on there. I mean, free as in I'm paying for the subscription. Oh yeah. So, we used to have that, but we don't anymore. Shoot. Okay. Gotcha. But it might be pretty cheap. I don't know. Um, so the, there's five books in the series. Um, so yeah, it says, although this working class romance is a standalone novel, the books are best enjoyed when read in order. I did not realize that, but that's okay. Um, I honestly loved it. So book one is 
the book one is a uh, carving for Miss Coventry. The second one is the stable master's son. The third is in pursuit of the painter. The fourth is an agreeable alliance. And the fifth is the highwayman's love, highwayman's letter. And they're all by different authors. So I just really That's enjoyed weird it. How they're by different authors. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. They're all, but they're I've never the heard series. that before. Me neither. Mm-mm. Huh. Okay. I wonder why, but, um, so it has 287 ratings on, uh, Goodreads and it's 4.44. So most people really liked this book who read it. it wow. Like. That's all yeah. the ratings on there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like a lesser known, a small book. I yeah. Mean, yeah. 287. Yeah, it's not new, very much. yeah. It's not very many reviews, but it mm-hmm. sounded really good. Your one word is cracking me up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. My uh, one word was, oh, <laughs> I just really enjoyed it. It was exactly. So we had been reading. I think I read it after out of the room and I needed lights. I needed oh, yes. just fluffy romance Regency. It just, it just I was should read it to see if I like it because I started reading this Regency romance. I'm going to just sneak this one in here really quick. Yeah. I, I kind of hate it. Like it's oh, so really? cheesy and it's so predictable oh, and I don't gotcha. love the main character. And I'm like, I mean, I can't, I'm hoping it's just the book and that I'm not like ruined for cheesy Regency romance books. Uh, well, you know, this one, I think it had, it had the cheese for sure, but it had a lot of really good substance to it. Like, like the themes, thing. Yeah, yeah. The forgiveness, the, um, like him painting this portrait of her, like what he thought her soul looked like. And then realizing that she had a lot of reasons behind the things that she did. And so there's a lot of misunderstandings and then they were able to talk things through. And so Mm -hmm. it it had a lot, a lot more depth than I was expecting to be honest. That's good. Yeah. I like things that have more depth. Um, Yeah. But I'm going to finish it because I'm just like, I I can do this. Like I'm going to finish. It's a free book I got for a giveaway. Um, it's the Stonebridge Secrets at Stonebridge. Oh shoot, Emily by Anita Steinfield. Do you know okay. that author? Okay, she's an LDS author. Um, she's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and I read one of her books like twenty plus years ago. So she has a bunch of books. So she's oh. cranking out these books like left and right. Yeah. Um, and she does just like sweet romance books. And okay. not all of them are Regency romance, but this one is. And my sister-in-law, sister-in-law and I won free copies and they're signed. So that's cool. Oh, that's cool. That's really fun. And so my sister-in-law and I are reading it together uh. and she currently has lost her copy, but she's <laughs> like, I can't find it anywhere. So she's read like one and a half pages and she's like, I can't find it. I'll keep looking for it. So, um, <laughs> But I read like eight chapters on the plane on my way home. And I'm just like, ah, I'm trying. I'm trying. I just, oh. she's, the protagonist is annoying. It's so cheesy. It's so, uh, you, do have you read, um, oh, what's it? Oh my gosh. I'm blanking. The light between oceans with the lighthouse. I have not because have you, it sounds horribly sad. And I, I, and I there's don't a want movie. to. You probably wouldn't like it. Yeah, no. There were some women in my ward in St. Louis that went and they invited me and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and one person didn't know what she was walking into and she comes up bawling and I'm like, because I think I met up for them uh, with them like to get frozen yogurt after. I'm like, yeah, sounds like I'm, I I didn't miss. Like some of them were like you and like, oh, I loved it. it was, I felt oh, so many so feelings. Deeply. <laughs> 
I was like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. The plot of this one reminds me of that book, but it's oh, like really falling flat so far, but I'm mm. hoping like, I'm not even halfway through, so I'm willing to give it a chance. You okay. Know? Gotcha. That isn't one thing I also liked about this book that had a lot more twists and turns that like, I didn't, don't feel like I was like, oh, I was expecting it more to, I mean, okay. Spoiler alert. They end up together. I mean, you know what you're getting with a romance. That is what's supposed to okay, happen. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. So, um, but the, the path to getting there was, was very unique. So, and I wasn't expecting okay. a lot of the stuff. That's, so that's good to know. That's always, yeah. Nice. yeah. You don't want like the same run of the mill. Right. Story yeah. Time. Like it's nice to have the twists. So, mm-hmm. okay. I remember this one. Yes. So I'm trying to remember who recommended it on Instagram. Oh, she was, was it just the book order? I think so. She was the one that went to like the Austin. Yes. Your enactment. Yes. It was and her. Her sister mm-hmm. is an author too. I think. Oh, cool. Uh, Joanne Barker. I'm trying. I can't remember her name right now, but. Okay. Yeah. She, yeah, she was the one that recommended it. And so I make sure to tell her, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for recommending this Aww. book. So I won't read the other ones in the series, but I, I really, really like wondering... her account. She has Me too. Um, a very nice account and she makes great reels too. Yeah, so. Liz likes the reel. I, I like watching the reels. I just don't like making them. But... <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> that's why there's two of us, you know, uh, uh-huh. you do the reels. I do some pictures. I need to do more. So. <laughs> you also do pictures too, <laughs> but I edit the podcast. So there you go. So we're all, we're both doing stuff. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right. Well, are, are we done? You already did three, right? Yeah, I okay. think we're done. Well, we just talked a lot about I those know. books. That was fun. Well, it was six books. I mean, there's a lot to cover, right? So Yeah, because we normally just cover one book. Yeah. So there you go. So I'm proud of us. Good job. Yay. This See, may have gone we... over an hour, but this is good <laughs> content, okay. guys. This is, it is. <laughs> that was quality right there. <laughs> oh, and I don't think I mentioned, I gave that a five out of five. Um, uh, like that okay. book. I really liked it. So with yes. the one word. Oh, <laughs> It was just, I was just geeking out. Like I just, just, I was just being totally girly, loved it. It just, it was just fun to read. Like a perfect read in between Addie LaRue and, (laughs) and then then there were were none. none. Yes. Yes. I need, I just needed to take a a couple of kind of intense books. And then the, um, Island of Sea Women, like that that. was a little intense emotionally. Although we loved, we both loved it, you know, it was good, but there were some intense parts. So this is why I'm reading Anne of Avonlea and all the, and now Anne of the Island, you know, to kind of balance out what we're reading. You have to be balanced for (laughs) sure. And then we have Liz who reads 500 page book about the Holocaust. (laughs) I was like, wow, I think that's the longest World War II book I've ever read. Good for you. That's Thanks. dedication. I'm I'm applauding you. That's awesome. Thanks. I was, <laughs> it was definitely one of those books where I was like, I did it. I did it. <laughs> I finished. <laughs> oh, good. Well, that's all for today. Make sure to comment on our Instagram at two babes in a book to let us know if you read any of these books, if you read any of them. <laughs> and make sure to tell others about the podcast. Leave us a review on the Apple podcast app because that's how people find us. It's a big present to us. Now, remember in the words of Holbrook Jackson, never put off till tomorrow, the book you can read today. Thanks y'all. Now go stick your nose in a book. Oh,